Welcome to All Things Prophetic with Keith Ferrante. Get ready to learn about seeing in the Spirit, hearing God, partnering with angels, understanding dreams and visions, and most of all, how to honor the presence of Jesus so you can go higher into the heavenly realms. Here we go! Hey everybody, this is Keith Ferrante with All Things Prophetic podcast coming to you Hopefully you are having a great day. Maybe you're driving in your car. Who knows where you're at right now? Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're just sitting, having a few moments. Just so good to have you on here. I'm so glad you are doing well. I just want you to know that you are super important to God. You are super important to His purposes for you. And I just want to talk to you today about something that I posted on my blog um, last week, I just felt like it was something resonating with me that I really wanted to talk about it out loud. It's it's so here it is, the Watchman anointing. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, anointing of the Watchman. A few years ago, I was um, uh, probably about twenty years ago when the Lord gave me a, my my first time I heard His voice. He said, "I haven't called you to another people." I haven't called you to a foreign people. I've called you to your own people, and it was a call to pastor. You know, at that time, and of course, I get to you know travel all over and do stuff now. But it was kind of a very altering uh, word for me, kind of helped set me you know in place. But he gave me the Ezekiel calling in that season, and one of the things about Ezekiel, you know, he's he's called to his own nation, but he's also called as a watchman, and and. Uh, Ezekiel 3, 16, it says, At the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. Listen, there are some people that carry a watchman anointing, and I love this anointing. God's called all of us to be to carry a level of a watchman anointing. I think all good watchmen, first of all, are intercessors. You first have to have an anointing to a heart to pray because you can't watch because what are you watching for? You're watching for what God will say. So it's about prophetic. It's about hearing what God will say. But there's a certain people that you're watching for. So there's a, a specificness to who you are releasing that word for. So every one of us, you know, yes, you right, you at home, you right there, you in that car, not, you know, not just a special few, you. Every one of us has a calling to be a watchman. That means you have an assignment to somebody to hear God for them. You have an assignment for a people group. You have an assignment for a certain situation. You have assignment for a nation. You have assignment for a certain particular issue to be a voice. And of course, we have to run everything through the new covenant you know, so just because someone operated a certain way in the Old Testament doesn't mean we take all of the tools and the ways that they said things and how they did things, but we look at the kind of general heartbeat so we can take the Ezekiel watchman calling and we can run it through the new covenant. And I think there's still a place for warnings. I think if we're just the warning, the pr- prophetic person that's always warning people, always, you know, saying, watch out for this, always watch out for that, people will not want to hear from us if that's all we have. So I think a watchman. You know, they, they can they can sometimes not just be releasing a warning, hey, watch out for this or watch out for the enemy here, but they can also be watching for what God is doing, watching for God to show up, watching, oh, there's the Lord right there. Do you see him? Do you see him? You know, they, sometimes you have an anointing to say, hey, God is doing this and we need to do this. Maybe, maybe he's giving you an anointing first to be the watchman over your family. Before you get influence over greater 
uh, uh, folks, you get an influence first in your family. God will raise up prophetic people, first of all, in their hometown, where they have to learn to love God and take responsibility for their own family. Like David was a watchman in a sense. He had a watch, an anointing uh, to protect and to take care of his sheep. And once he was able to take care of them, then God gave him the ability to be a watchman over Israel, fight the battles, win, you know, take out Goliath, and then eventually lead the nation. But it started with, you know, it started with the sheep. And so sometimes God will teach us how to be a watchman. What does that mean? He teaches us how to watch over, have responsibility for, hear him, fight for the people or the, you know, the job or the situation that we're entrusted with. With David, it was sheep. He did such a good job for them. And so then he got a watchman anointing for the army of Israel. He's like, how dare that Goliath do this? Because he had a passion. God had called him. I've anointed you over Israel. So he had a, 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 you know, he acted like a king even more than Saul did before he was given the authority of the king. So as a watchman, we're looking for the enemy, you know, watch out for the enemy. Sometimes we're, we're, we're letting people know, like when I'm in California, sometimes when I preach different places, my it, it's just like an anointing that comes on me. All of a sudden, I am preaching about purity, about the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. I'm sharing stuff in California because I'm a watchman. I'm one of the many, you know, that are, that are concerned for California. I have God's heart. And I'm not just speaking to the problem. I'm speaking to the, you know, solution. I'm saying, hey, you're a new creation. You're a, you know, believer. Grace is what we carry, but grace looks like, you know, uh, a freedom within boundaries, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, where there's lordship, there's freedom. And so you can't have freedom without lordship. And so I'm releasing those kind of words over California. And I'm like, hey, God wants to bless you, but you got to stay within his boundaries. So I can do it in a new covenant way, encourage people, exhort them, comfort them. I think that's how new covenant prophets should be. And yes, we can warn them. But you know, like, like I said, we're not warning them of God judging them. We can warn them. We can say, hey, watch out. The enemy will get you because, you know, sometimes people say, well, God will judge. I like to say this, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in other words, if you walk in sin, there's going to be death. Some people people like to say God will be the one bringing the death. I say no. The wages of sin is death. God came to give life. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. God came to give life. He is the giver of life. If you operate in sin, sin has its own punishment. It is death. It will destroy you. It will take out your life. Watch out for that. Don't get into that. That is the work of the devil. Do not give place for the devil. That's what a watchman does. When I'm speaking to the youth, I'm, you know, I, a watchman anointed for the youth comes up on me. A word for them comes on me for them to be set apart, to know their value. If I'm speaking to the women, I'm like, no, you're valuable. You're precious. If I'm speaking to the men, I'm saying, men, learn to control yourself. Live in self-control. That's what, you know, Paul was telling Timothy, teach the young men to be self-controlled. For the grace of God teaches us to say no. So literally, there's an, you know, grace teaches and so sometimes a watchman is someone that hears God say something for a particular group they're passionate about, learns that message and speaks it. But first you have to have it in your own life. A watchman can only be a watchman if they've first done it in their own personal life. Like David, he's first taking care of his sheep, then he's taking care of the army, then he's taking care of you know, a couple hundred men, then he's taking care of, you know, Judah, then he's taking care of all Israel. So God grows our ability to carry an authority over people, oversight, where we're seeing what the enemy's doing, what we're seeing what God wants to do. 
In the new covenant, we're looking for what God is doing. We're not, if we see the enemy, we can say, hey, watch out for that. But we want to be putting in there, this is what God is doing. These are the plans of the Lord. This is, this is how you receive blessing. This is, you know, watching. I'm watching like the watchmen, they wait. You know, uh, uh, it talks about in Psalms, more than watchmen wait, you know, I'm waiting for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning, you know, I'm waiting. It's like there is this thing, we're waiting for the Lord. We're looking for Him. You know, watch and pray, it talks about in, in the New Testament. Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. So you got to be watching. What are you watching for? You're watching for where the Lord is. You're watching to stay in sync with the Lord, to move with Him, to, you know, where, wherever He's going, that's what you're, where you're going. You're moving with the Lord. You're connecting with the Lord. You're staying connected to what He's doing. You're watching for Him. And as you're watching for Him, then it is going to give you an authority to... Um, to see what he is doing because you're paying attention to him and you're watching out for the pitfalls of the enemy. You know, uh, let's not become unaware of the enemy's scheme. So I think there's a place for the watchman anointing where they're watching out for the enemy. You know, the watchman on the wall, you can picture like Nehemiah saying, hey, there's a watchman on the wall. You know, he's got a trumpet man besides him. Whenever you hear the trumpet, let's all gather. That means an enemy's coming. We're all come together. We have a sword in one hand and a shovel in the other. You know, they're working, but they're watching. And they're waiting for those that are watching. The intercessors sometimes are praying. They're praying over something. And all of a sudden they see something that they're they're like, hey, we got to watch out for this. And it's like, you know, and then we need to come together sometimes and pray for those issues that God will bring some breakthrough. And so, you know, some of the signs that you could be a watchman is you got such a passion for a particular group of people. This is your group. That shows you who you're a watchman for. You want that group of people to hear a particular word from the Lord and respond to it. You're super passionate about that. You're upset or hurt when people don't respond to the word of the Lord, the, you know, especially the, the one you're hearing for them. Now, I'm saying a healthy watchman learns how to let go. And, and, and yes, you can release that word, but be gracious when it takes people a while to catch it. Like be patient with people, keeping your love on with them. That's a, a great mature watchman has learned to... Uh, or to remind themselves that, yes, at the end of the day, this is still God's word. If people don't follow it, this is God. If, like, you see a pastor, hey, they're going a bad direction and you warn them, you know, I think the first thing you got to ask yourself is, do you have permission? Just because you see it, are you supposed to say it? You know, do you have permission? You know, do you have favor? You know, are, are they just like, oh, I've heard them talk over and over again before. Have you built relational protocol? You know, in, in today's day, prophets are supposed to be relational, not just kind of bumping in and bumping out, going and giving a word and they're not connected. You need to be connected. You need to build trust with people. So, but and can you spill, speak the truth in love? Can you, can you have the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy? Or is it always doom and gloom and heaviness? You know, people aren't going to want to hear that. You, you're going to have some, you know, there is a time to mourn and there's a time to rejoice, but you got to have some rejoicing, even it out. Stay joyful in the midst and realize, you know, in the new covenant, God put a spirit in people. So if they hear the word, you're going to need to trust that they're going to actually want to walk in the word. And sometimes, you know, we get a word and we're getting a word for unbelievers or for, for the government or this or that. We need to get a strategy. What's the strategy, Lord? How do we release it? You know, how do we release it in such a way that people will hear it? And because the goal isn't just to say it, and it's not to be like a John the Baptist that just says it in, a, in such a rough way that people, I mean, are you called to be a John the Baptist or an Elijah? Are you called to be like a, a Daniel? I mean, because that'll determine how you say it. If you're an Elijah, his head got, I mean, like John the Baptist, he got his head got chopped off real quick. You know, so he said it in such a way with no, 
with no, you know, mercy, with no, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have, but like Daniel, he was around just as wicked of a king. And Joseph, you know, they were in a pharaoh culture and, you know, like he was able to go from glory to glory. They were able to stay in the game and, and have fellowship, not compromise. So like how you say it sometimes is important, how you release it. You know, and I know there's place for both kinds of prophets and prophetic people, but, you know, so sometimes, you know, you, you have to watch that you don't get so frustrated with people when they don't hear what you're saying. They're slow to respond. You can't take it personal or else, you know, sometimes you get rejected. I've had words where I've carried, you know, and I feel you start feeling personally rejected. They're rejecting you. They don't want you. And you have to dig deeper and say, you know what, the Lord is my acceptance. He accepts me. He loves me. And you know what? This is people, they're not, they're having a hard time with this word. And I, I bless them anyways. I love them. You know, can I say the word another way? Give it a little few weeks. Say it a different way. Say, you know, give it a few more weeks. Say it in a different way. Like give some time. And so um, you, you learn the strategies and then you learn to step back into, I'm not first a prophetic person. I'm first a lover of God and I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me. You know, so you live in that place, you know, and so you just have to, because you realize the Lord says, you have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform. You have to realize that God is going to perform his word. If you've done it in love, you've spoken the truth in love. Have you spoken in love or did you speak it in frustration? Because love is patient, love is kind. And like I said, yes, the grace of God teaches us to say no to something. So there's some things we need to stay away from, you know, but it's the way we say it. It's how we say it. It's when we say it. Sometimes it even seems like the word of, you know, falls. You know, Jesus said, unless a seed dies, it won't bear fruit. So even Jesus had to die. So sometimes it feels like people don't receive it. But, you know, if we're gracious and we stay loving and we stay patient and we stay kind to people, even if it's slow for them, it's like Jesus, his word died, but then he died. Then he rose again and it bore great fruit. Sometimes your word will die. You'll let it go. I've learned to let go of words when I'm getting so frustrated about it. People aren't receiving. I've learned to let go of those words. So I can be kind and I move on to something else. And then all of a sudden it starts percolating up in another season. And all of a sudden I get invited back to steward that word, even pastor it, even help the people once you've let it go and you've given it up. That's what it means to let that word die. So here's just a few nuggets on the watchman anointing. I hope this was helpful for you. I uh, hope you're having just a great day today, wherever you're at. You're meant to have an impact it's, it's, it's not just about what you're saying. It's about how you say it. And if God gives you a word, you know, you, you give it, you, you have a graciousness about you and that word will be uh, uh, received. You know, it will be, it will not return void. God has given you that watchman anointing not to torment you, but to be a blessing for you. So, you know, if this is a blessing to you. You know, uh, you can, like I said, get onto my Emerging Prophet website and, and read my blog on this too. I go, I talk about this too. Uh, the Watchman anointing. So bless you. Have a great day. 